there, you're listening to the My Sleeping Baby podcast, which is all about baby and child sleep. I'm so excited to teach you how you can get your little one sleeping so that you can sleep too and enjoy parenthood to its fullest. I'm Eva Klein, your resident sleep expert, mom of three, founder of the Sleep Bible online coaching program and lover of all things sleep and motherhood. If you're looking for tangible solutions for your little one's sleep woes, or you simply want to learn more, this podcast is for you. For more information, check out mysleepingbaby.com, and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at mysleepingbaby. All right, Monica, thanks so much for being here today on the My Sleeping Baby podcast. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Amazing. All right, well, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and uh, how you ended up in the Sleep Bible program. So you remember how, how I contacted you and my son was four months old and yeah. uh, how much I was struggling with him. Um, and when I reached out to you, you were like a huge help uh, because you actually like were able to solve all of the issues um, that I explained to you. Yeah. And, um, I was so happy. My husband was so happy um, that you were able to cover everything and literally everything got solved. <laughs> and like I, like, I don't have any issues with my son sleeping now, which is, I mean, he's almost two years old. And I remember I, I contacted you when he was four months old. Mm-hmm. So, so let's, yeah. let's go back to that. So tell me about what was his sleep like in those first few months of life when he was a newborn? What did that all look like for you? Oh my gosh. It was, if you can so remember. <laughs> oh, oh, I can remember. <laughs> uh, I can remember because he was really like, like I had to be with him pretty much all the time in order for him to fall asleep. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't want to go to sleep by himself. He wanted that comfort. He wanted that touch. And, and I just didn't know, like, how can he go to sleep by himself? Like, why is, does it, why doesn't he want to fall asleep? And so, um, yeah, I, I don't even know where to go from there. I just, right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And so I guess, you know, like so many moms, those first few months are just, you're in survival mode, okay. yeah, right? Pretty much, yeah. And you sort of, we sort of miraculously find this, you know, like inhumane amount of strength and energy to just get through that stage alive, yeah. except that what's really important to emphasize is that that inhumane amount of energy doesn't last forever. You know, eventually Mm -hmm. it runs out. And so, yeah, I remember we connected, um, when he was four months. And so, you know, why don't you remind me again, what was, what was happening around that four month mark with Alex? Um, so I remember he was still, well, obviously he was feeding at nighttime. So the biggest challenge for me was to have to attend him every second that he would wake up and start crying. And I thought, okay, well, he's hungry. And so I would go to him, I would feed him, put him back down. After a few hours, he was up awake again, crying. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to go feed him. He's hungry again. And I, I totally understand like newborns have to eat and yeah. it's a normal thing. But as he started getting older, like four months, five months, like I knew like, okay, like he can't just be hungry all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I reached out to you and, um, you know, you were able to, to kind of guide me, like, what can I do? What kind of method can I use for him? Something that I felt comfortable with. Right. And, um, I, I can't exactly remember. I remember there were a lot of methods that we tried out. And, uh, one of them was the, um, it was, I forget the name of it, 
uh, like you walk in and then you kind of comfort them for five minutes and then you walk back out and mm-hmm. like you wait another 10 minutes. So we tried a lot of things and uh, finally we got to a method that worked for us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we just went from there and it was going very well. So no issues. Amazing. Yeah. No, and I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that a lot of moms think that when it comes to sleep training, sleep coaching, teaching a baby to self-soothe, fall asleep by themselves, they think that there's just one option, right? And that no. and that option is just cry it out, you know, where no, you no, no. put the yeah. baby in the crib and you leave. And yes, that is one option, but there yeah. are many others that can still get you from point A to point B, right? When you so are able to have that attachment with your baby and you don't have to feel guilty that you left them and they're there crying. So no, no, I wouldn't think about it like that. Right, right. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then it was shortly after that you joined the sleep Bible to get that follow-up support. So, um, so tell me like what, what, you know, made you initially, you know, join the program and then what made you stick around? (laughs) So, um, I stuck around because I knew how much my baby's sleep is going to change as he gets older. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I joined the sleep Bible, I'm going to have that guidance, that kind of those, uh, little, um, videos I can watch with, uh, you know, you, you explaining how to do what step by step. And mm-hmm. I knew that you're not always going to be there 24 seven, which like, you know, is understandable. Yeah. And the Bible, just like, you know, any kind of issues that I had with um, time changes or feeding or um, like just anything it's there, it's all there. So yeah. that really, really helped me out a lot. Amazing. Um, So do you recall, you know, when he was five, six months and you Mm -hmm. were, you know, in the program and, you know, your goal at that point was to keep him sleeping like a champ. I mean, what, what did a typical day of yours look like? You know, what did bedtime look like versus beforehand, you know, before you got all that help? So it was definitely like a transition, but it was like, for me personally, it was very quick. Um, because mm-hmm. my son kind of caught on to it and yeah. he knew like what was going on and he was like okay like I need to learn how to sleep by myself for for me it happened pretty quickly like I have to say his sleep got better in about three days isn't like, that amazing amazing yeah it's fantastic so, yeah. and that happens sometimes and I find that a lot of parents they think that um that this is the type of process that can take, you know, weeks and months on end before we see improvements. When the reality is that a lot of the time, these changes are precisely what the baby is craving. And so I think, yeah, yeah. for sure. I think as long as you stay consistent with it and like, um, you're not kind of like all over the place and, and distracted, Mm -hmm. I I think uh, it really, really pays off. I mean, I totally understand there are kids who may take a little bit more time to onto the concept. And that's totally understandable. Um, But every baby's different, right? So I wouldn't let that discourage anybody. Um, I would just keep going and, you know, don't give up. (laughs) But it's gonna work, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what does your bedtime routine look like now? So now like bedtime is pretty flexible. Like there's not like no consistent like time. I'm not worried. Okay. He's going to go to bed at seven 30 or eight o'clock. It's kind of like 
not all over the place, but it works because I'm not on like a rigid schedule with him, but I know what kind of wake window he needs for his right. age, which is what's appropriate. Um, so his bedtime, he usually goes to bed around 830 and he, okay. you know, takes him about like 15 minutes on average to fall asleep, sometimes a little bit longer, depending, you know, if he's more excited or whatever. Mm-hmm. He sleeps about 10 to 10 and a half hours at night and he doesn't usually wake up at night ever. Um, yes. he'll, he'll cry maybe from a bad dream or like if he lost his like little blanket, but other than that, he puts himself back to sleep because he knows mom and dad are going to be there in the morning and mm-hmm. he's, he's very happy. He loves his crib. He Amazing. loves his crib. He has a very good, um, yeah, uh, attachment to it. So Amazing. Sure and I'm, and I'm really glad that you brought up what a typical night of his looks like, because, you know, we usually talk about getting a baby to sleep, you know, 11, 11 and a half hours, you know, at night. Um, Alex was never that baby, (laughs) right? No, he was ever, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. Um, He needs, he always has needed less sleep than average. Um, And there are those, listen, when we talk about averages, it means that you have some that need more and Mm -hmm. some that need less. And he's always needed less. And that's just, you know, how he is. Um, But why don't you tell us about some of the, some of the challenges that you've had as a result of him needing less sleep that, you know, we've, we've navigated in the sleep Bible. Yeah. So um, because he always needed less sleep, I, I never, like maybe in the beginning, I would try to like force it on him. Like, okay, like, why isn't he sleeping 12 hours? Like, come on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I didn't really have any challenges aside from the fact, like whenever I would, you know, reach out to you, I would say, you know, Alex only wants to sleep two hours or he only wants to sleep like an hour and 15 minutes or whatever. And, you know, your response always was, well, is he happy? Is he well rested? And Mm -hmm. and that was always what I looked at. I didn't really look at anything else because I knew like for me, if I wake up happy and well rested, I, I know that I needed only six hours or I needed eight hours to sleep that night. So Mm -hmm. everyone's different. I I think the most important thing you want to look at is how is he acting? Like, is he happy? Is he crying? Is he miserable? So, yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, some people might be hearing that he goes to bed at eight 30 every night and be going oh my God, that is so late. You know, my kid would be like exhausted at 8.30. But you know, what we have to remember is that every kid is a little bit different. And when you have a two-year-old who needs less sleep than average, if he's Mm. only sleeping 10 hours a night, then a 7.30 bedtime is going to mathematically get you a 5.30 wake up and a well-rested kiddo. Like who wants that, right? So it is a matter of, of taking his unique needs into account and figuring out a schedule so that this way he can sleep 8.30 until 6.30 the next morning. If we know he's maxing out at 10 to 10 and a half hours of sleep, then we need to be adjusting his schedule based on that so that you're not getting a 5 a.m. wake up. Exactly. Um, Yeah, exactly. So I'm really, really glad that you mentioned that. So in terms of, you know, how he goes to sleep. So like, what does that whole process look like? So after he's had dinner, what is that? What did it used to look like? Like before you went through the sleep training and what does it look like now? Um, so before we uh, like our, um, getting ready before bed routine was a much shorter. Um, so it was kind of like, okay, like we have dinner, we're going to relax a bit, but it was, it was mainly like, okay, 20 minutes before bed, maybe even half an hour, we would kind of turn off the lights, 
he would have like a breastfeed um, and then we would kind of just read him a book and then off to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that my son is a little bit older, um, it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. Uh, because we start about an hour before he goes to bed and we turn off the lights. We listen to some relaxing music. We kind of like cuddle up together. We, we just kind of go over what we did in the day. Um, and you know, lights are dim. Everything's just kind of relaxed before an hour before bed. And we go up, he actually turns off, turns his lamp on by himself. And then we read a book and then he turns it off by himself and he, he goes and he points that like, he wants to go to bed. Yeah. He lets and that's know. it. And that's it. And he's and- out and you know, he's up at six forty-five, seven o'clock in the morning usually. And he's mm-hmm. happy. <laughs> Amazing. And then before you sleep trained him, like when he was going through, you know, his four month regression, do you remember what bedtime looked like then? Oh my God. It was, I still remember it was a disaster. I remember like arguing with my husband constantly, like we were just so sleep deprived. Like it wasn't, there was no routine. There was nothing. It was just like a blob of, of emotions and crying Mm -hmm. and, it was really difficult for us. Um, so that's like when we knew like we can't go like this any further, like we can find a healthy way of, of you know, trying to get him to sleep uh, mm-hmm. without, uh, you know, feeling guilty that, you know, about anything. Right. What was yeah. his sleep crutch of choice then? Was it the nursing? Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, it was the nursing and the yeah. kind of, he wanted the cuddles in the middle of the night and he mm-hmm. wanted to be bounced. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like your struggles as he was going through that regression, it sounds very human because that's how humans, humans are not meant to be able to function, let alone thrive on broken, horrible sleep. Um, If that was the case, then we wouldn't use sleep deprivation wouldn't be used as a form of torture (laughs) if it, but it's very effective. And that's why and that's why it's uh, it's used. And so I think that a lot of people can probably really relate to those struggles that, you know, you and your husband had. But then, of course, you know, there's this guilt that a lot of people feel like I should be so happy. I should be so grateful that I have this like, you know, amazing, miraculous baby. Um, I shouldn't be, you know, exhausted and and angry and and fussy and cranky all the time. But yet that is a very normal human way to feel when you're deprived of something so basic, like and sleep, it's not right? O- and it's not okay. It's, it's really not okay because it really does affect all aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. If you're sleep deprived, like I know it does for me. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. You're that's, that's, as I said, it's, it's very, very human. So do you, so do you recall, you know, throughout your year in the sleep Bible, do you recall, you know, some specific milestones or, you know, changes to his sleep that you really needed, you know, guidance and support on, and, you know, we were able to navigate that so seamlessly. Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, I would have to say the time change. Uh, yeah. That really, really helped a lot um, because that was also pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, uh, I don't think we like we need to deal with these time changes anymore, but unfortunately we do. And uh, yeah. that really helped a lot. Um, also, when he started to stand in his crib, 
that was a big one as well. Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know how to deal with that or the rolling over the rolling over was a big one. Cause that one lasted for like a good two months, I would say before and he learned how to flip the, the other yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah. So I had to go to his room and flip him every time so that he can fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. And then a couple minutes later, he flipped back again. So um, yeah. I remember um, one of the one of the topics that you covered in the Sleep Bible was was that one too, and a life changer. Yeah, yeah. Because when you stopped every, flipping him every single time, yeah, exactly. I was up every like hour or two flipping him. I didn't yeah. sleep, and then no. I remember you suggested one flip done, and he'll learn on his own how to, yeah, how to flip. yeah. yeah. No, we would listen. It's, it is, it's one of those things and it didn't take him very long. No, to learn, yeah. right. He figured After it out in a day or two that yeah, sleeping exactly. on his sleeping on the other side was not so terrible after all. It might even be more comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Amazing. So Amazing. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And then, yes. And then I remember when he was learning how to stand and was he, did, he went through that stage where he was standing, but he would pull himself up to standing, but then couldn't sit back down, sit back down. Yeah. 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 And got stuck. And I know. And then that's when so many moms are thinking to themselves, oh my God, what the hell do I do? Because I want him to, I don't want him to get overtired, but at the end of the day, he's also not lying down. And then that's when a lot of people resort to, you know, temporarily rocking or feeding to get them to sleep. And then that creates, you know, a whole other, like bigger yeah. problem in the grand scheme of yeah. things. And that's, that's yeah. not what we did with Alex. No. Yeah. That's not what happened. I, I remember. Yeah. Also, it was a very quick, quick, transition and you know I didn't feel guilty about it I was still there for him you know I came to him that one time in the night and I said listen you know mommy needs to sleep and daddy needs to sleep and you, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to like sit down on your bum or stay like that and you explain it to him and you have to go back to sleep yes one time you know and it's, it's important to kind of like emotionally be calm yeah uh, because that really helps uh because they feel you you know, they really, totally they really feel you. So I yes. just try to stay calm and that's it. Yeah. Right. Right. And then that was it. You know, the, the novelty about the standing off, standing up, you know, wore off mm-hmm. probably a lot more quickly than you would imagine. You yeah. know, there is this misconception out there that, you know, when a baby is going through a gross motor milestone that it has to mean that, you know, sleep just goes completely out the window. And don't get me wrong. We know for a fact that learning how to roll, how to crawl, how to sit up, how to stand up, you know, how to walk, talk. These are all things, you know, your little one's brain is, um, going through a lot of development, mastering Mm -hmm. this new skill, but it's, and while it can absolutely cause blips in the sleep department, what we can do is like nip that blip in the bud as quickly as possible so that it doesn't turn into a bigger problem. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. So right now you have a two-year-old who goes to sleep by himself, you know, sleeps his 10 to 10 and a half hours at night. You know, what does that mean? What does this all mean for you? Like, as a person, you know, what does that mean in terms of your quality of life? Like, what are you now able to do with all this consistent sleep? Well, I'm able to have a consistent schedule. Like I don't have to kind of scramble my thoughts and be like, well, what am I going to do if he doesn't sleep? Or like with that time that I have now that I know that he's consistently sleeping, I'm able to focus on things that I need to do for myself. 
Yeah. Whether that's exercising or whether that's having a proper meal or whatever, just focus on things that I want to do for myself. I'm able to do that now without, you know, having to worry that, oh, well, Alex, I may wake up in like the next 30 minutes or so. Like, I I really don't need to worry about that because I know, I know that he knows how to sleep and he has that skill for life now. Yeah. Um, And, and that's the thing, like, you're really setting them up for life with Mm -hmm. sleep for them and for yourself. Yes. Yes. And, and we know that a well-rested parent can, there can be a great parent because it means that, you know, you're parenting with a full tank of gas. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and you know what, you can deal with those tantrums better because, you know, whatever comes your way, you know, Mm -hmm. that you have a good sleep and you can just, you can tackle on the day better. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So what would you tell someone who is thinking about joining the sleep Bible, but is on the fence and isn't so sure? Well, I would say, honestly, don't think about it. (laughs) Just do it. I don't think about it. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what else to say. I I know that it saved me and how helpful, like you, you really like saved us. And I couldn't think of anybody to do it better because you were always there. You always responded. You, you know, you really, you, you really care about the work that you do. So I, I really, really do appreciate all of the help that you did. And Yeah, that's it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Monica. And thank you so much for coming on my podcast today and sharing your story with everyone. Um, So for those of you who want to learn more about the Sleep Bible, um, you can check out my free masterclass, which is linked in the show notes, um, which will help you get started on teaching your little one how to sleep for the night. And then there is information all about the sleep Bible at the very end. Um, You can also just head straight to the page, mysleepingbaby.com slash sleep dash Bible, and feel free to reach out if you have any other questions. Monica, thank you again for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share this episode with a friend who can benefit from it. I also love hearing from my listeners. So feel free to DM me on Instagram at mysleepingbaby or send me an email at eva at mysleepingbaby.com. Until next time, have a wonderful, restful night.